Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Tech Cat Show. And this week we are continuing our creator series by digging into conversations with innovators who are writers, directors, producers, and showrunners um, in the Hollywood community right now who are really breaking ground, um, not only with their content, with their platforms, with their casting, whatever it is, really um, innovating around how stories are telling. And so today's guest is the fabulous Maurizio Muta from Wise Entertainment, his own company, and he is most famous, I think, at least for many things, but for a show called East Los High, which was on Hulu and is on Hulu, and it's an award-winning drama series that earned him five Emmy nominations, um, and it's a realistic portrayal of Latino high school students. Um, and it's also, um, it was the streaming platform's longest-running original series, so that's kind of exciting. So let's have a big tech cat hand for Maurizio Mota. Woo! <laughs> we have a very active studio audience here. Um, and I think I missed really it. not love it's, it. It's, it's still on demand on Hulu, but you're not shooting um, new shows at this point. Is that correct? You mean With around the, East Los High? Yeah, East Los High. Yeah. Yeah, right now we are, the show is on Hulu. We have five seasons, 60 episodes on Hulu, and we are now redeveloping the whole intellectual property. We're going to start with a movie and then relaunch a new version of the show with a complete new take on it. So we're very excited about it. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to have news during the no, next more, more two months. We're going to be announcing what we're going to do around the movie and what are the next steps around it. Well, let's start a little bit with your beginning because you kind of come from Brazilian storytelling royalty. So can you kind of give us give us your background? Yeah, I always like to say that it's the, the blessing and the burden of being part of my family because everybody, the stakes are very high because, you know, like it's award-winning journalists and my grandfather, like he reinvented more than playwriting and he's considered the Brazilian Shakespeare Hemingway. My mom has 30 books and two PhDs and I'm the, I'm the black sheep that say, great guys, that's amazing, but how can we develop business models and revenue so we don't have three generations of storytellers dying poor. So it's, uh, my background is, it's, that's a, I always make that joke because it's a little bit of my background about like, okay, how can we enhance the power of storytellers, enhance the power of their stories, but also how can we design new models of distribution, of commerce, right, to sustain them, but at the same time, expand where they can go with their intellectual property. So I, my whole background is around that after being inside this amazing treasure chest of one of the most powerful. It's now considered one of the most diverse and rich IP state in Latin America. So I, I grew up in that environment of like storytellers and amazing stories. Like, okay, guys, why my mother needs to have three jobs to be able to be writing books and writing plays and writing scripts and all that. That was back then. Now my mom is an established writer, but it took a while, but I, my whole background is around that. So I worked in every possible facet of the media industry, both in, internationally in Brazil, but in Europe and in the U.S., to really understand the whole ecosystem. And that's the approach of everything that I, I try to do with the stories that we, we're, we're doing. And a lot of your focus is on multiculturalism or diversity or at least bringing in the Latino audience in, into the conversation because we are living in a pluralistic country now, you know, regardless of, of uh, you know, chatter from our, you know, administration. But <laughs> but we're living in a verse, very diverse community. So is that is that something that you think about all the time for all of your projects? Yeah, I think that for us, um, I think it's was high for us was a proof of concept of our thesis, which was if you develop authentic, compelling intellectual properties that live in different platforms and they are really focused on underserved audiences, 
people will eat it and love it and give their love and give their attention and give their money and give their eyeballs and talk about it and really feel that you you're speaking to them but also about them in in the right way so i think that for us there is an idealistic layer but there is also a very pragmatic layer which is like these are new audiences right we're in the business of developing new audiences not buying audiences right i think that we're still into that that's the tension there is still yeah have. yeah around uh it's like okay okay why are we going to spend yeah, let's make a $150 million movie, but then we need to do $150 million marketing campaign to buy all these audience that we don't know if they're going to come to watch the movie. So why not focus a, a, a tenth of the money on researching and talking to your audience, know where they are, and knowing the stories are not being told, and then basically be smart about that, right? And I think that that's our approach for content, and that's what we do, content for women, by women, and underserved audiences. So, and we've been very successful with Eastlo Saib and the other things that we're doing, both here and in Brazil, because I think that it's like fishing on a barrel, but it's, a, it's more complex than, it's not that easy, uh, because you have to step up the game, because people people's palates are very, right, sophisticated, and you need to be, and their and their BS tometers, right? Their radars for BS is very, very, very sharp. So you need to really be prepared to bring angles to stories that you're just like, oh, okay, I've never seen a teen drama, a high school teen drama that takes place in a fictional high school in East LA. But this is what really is happening with me, or what happened to my son, to my daughter, to my granddaughter. It's it's, it's really about that. It's about finding that balance. But and that's what we do. So to to uh, answering your questions, like yeah, that's what we think, twenty four seven. It really is about finding, or uh, optioning or developing IP that really speaks to these audiences that have been underserved for decades, right? I think that it's not even about being a multicultural country and all that. It's just like we have been telling the same stories for a long time, and there is an opportunity. There's a market grow a growth that we can't ignore and of course it's coincidentally air quotes because it's not a coincidence this this market that is untapped also is full of amazing rich untold stories that nobody knew existed because we're looking the wrong direction so for us it's about uh you i always like to say that you need to read culture to make culture right i think that Everybody in Hollywood loves to say the word zeitgeist as if it's, it's, they're banalizing the word sometimes, which is like, the zeitgeist belongs to the streets. The zeitgeist, we, we, we don't, we can't be arrogant to think that the zeitgeist comes from our brains. We need to be humble enough to be reading the streets and understanding what's happening. And if you look at the streets, the streets have 12 types of color, 12 types of like, 12 just a, a number that I'm giving, but like, there's so many stories out there that we're not telling for people that feel that, wow, I can't see myself on television or on the mobile phone. Let's not forget, it's on every screen. So, Right, and is that because you're dealing with different demographics now than what what has been the story, um, is, is it about studying each demographic and what their social behaviors are so that you know what platforms to create content or are there some similarities with with young people now, who, whatever color of skin they are, you know, is everyone sort of behaving kind of similarly with all these different devices? Um, that's a great question, Laura. I think that it, we're very agnostic. Um, I think that for us, for us, it's really about like the story will give us what are the layers of audiences we should be involving, or what are the layers of audience that we should be treating as a priority. So for example, right now we are with this amazing show that is about, it's about a family of Mexican American women that have been living in the U S for a hundred plus years. It's like a story about this matriarchy that has been here for a long, long time, Mexican American, right? When they go to Mexico, they feel that they're gringos. When they're in the U S with gringos, they feel they're Mexican. So there's this amazing exercise of identity, but it's completely when we're presenting this show to executives, there are Caucasian, Asian American, African American. They all they were like, "Wow, I love this. This is my grandma, 
my mother did the same thing. My cousin did the same thing. Wow, this is amazing. Wow, the way you guys are re dealing with religion and spirit is amazing. So I think that for us, we really want to... We have a very sophisticated process, a very sophisticated thinking, but when we get to storytelling, we want to balance sophistication with, main, with mainstream. So the show can be broadcast and the show can be streaming. It, oh, okay, hold on, Marito. We have to... We have to we have to take a little break, but when we come back, we're going to hear more more about this. So we're going to be back um, on of the course. Tech Cat Show with the fabulous Maurizio Moto, finding out about um, all these new demographics and how they're accessing great storytelling on the Tech Cat Show. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we're back with the fabulous Maurizio Mota, who is the showrunner, writer, director, producer of the Emmy-nominated East Los High and a leader really in um, driving diversity-oriented projects in Hollywood, or at least rising the conversation up, um, and um, sort of helping us understand what are the stories going out, out there, happening out there in our world and, and bringing them into the Hollywood lens. Um, so doing this requires you to be really plugged into other organizations that are also helping to, to uh, you know, create opportunities for, for other groups and ethnicities. So can you talk to us about some of the things you're doing? Yeah, I think that for us, um, we, like I said earlier on the, the, the first part, we, 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 we know that we all live in a bubble in Hollywood. That's the reality, right? I think that we, we live in this amazing fancy bubble of privilege. And I think that what we, which is part of our method at WISE, is that we really keep, I think it's, we, we need to stop keeping just our ears our ear close to the ground we need to put our both hands and get dirty and really go deep into what culture is telling us so uh we get involved with for every show and movie that we do we build an advisory board of organizations on city state federal level that are working with the demographics that we're working and trying to address the stories that they want at the same time they have data that nobody has in hollywood and uh and me specifically i'm involved with uh, a few organizations that I'm really proud of to be working with, like Young Storytellers, that, that has this amazing program in in LA schools, just like shaping this. They have an amazing methodology that basically trains kids from different grades to really tell their stories and have a voice. And uh, it culminates in a, something called the biggest show that has them on a big stage and having big Hollywood actors presenting their work and uh which is really about voice right but also that also allows us to see oh wow what are the themes that these kids are 
are sharing. The other product company we work with, it's that's a more a company, not a, a non-profit. It's called Scripted. And it is an amazing platform that is basically trying to connect writers directly to the audience. So it's a way of, it's a great like R&D slash focus group slash community of storytellers talking directly to the to the to the community of readers and that is a great for us a great source of our R&D about what's next right what's the what are the next writers that are coming that are new voices that we should be paying attention to um, the other organization that has been uh, this one is more recent but it's been really impressing me it's called A Call to Men which is an organization focused on the reinvention of manhood. And oh, which interesting. Was we already we're doing, yeah, which is something we already we're doing with Islosai and other things that we're doing, right? Because it's uh, we have a responsibility, right? I think that it, it's a much the whole everything that we're going now as an industry has a lot of complex problems and answers and solutions, but we need to address the fact that men are at least half of the problem or and the solution right so for us about like what are the things what are the tools that we can do have as storytellers of scripted and unscripted content that will give the audience concrete examples and concrete tools for them to and for the men or the women raising men or the women that you know that are uh that are dealing with problems that manhood is the cause how can we address that? And what they've been doing is really, really amazing. They've been working with top organizations all over the country, just like training from athletes to CEOs to venture capitalists on why the, the reinventing manhood is important for society in many, many levels. So I think that that impacts our work a lot, um, at least for me as a producer. And, uh, and another thing that I wanted to say, Laurie, which is very important, like, as everything takes a village, and I think Onislo Sai was the executive producer. My wife was a co-showrunner and a director. I wish I was all the amazing things you listed, but I, I don't have the discipline to be a director or a showrunner. I would, I, I, I'm, I'm always impressed with how showrunners work. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because um, different people call themselves showrunners and they have different jobs. So I guess it all depends. And also on what platform you're working on, too. You know, oh, um, totally, totally, totally. And many people think know, that I am a showrunner or a writer. But like I just say, like, oh, my goodness, I wish I, I had the discipline to to do that. I don't, I, I don't have that superpower. It's a very unique superpower. Well, you have other superpowers. <laughs> As well. Now, when you, <laughs> you, you 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 talk about you know reaching out to the community and wanting to tell their stories, and you're doing all this great work with these different organizations, does it require that you know in order to to feed the machine of the storytelling? Because how how else do you know what what's happening? I mean, um, obviously you're plugged into the community and you're living your own life, but for does a modern storyteller have to have some way to connect to the population you know in a in a more direct way to be inspired and to really understand what's happening out there yeah totally i think it's uh i think it's beyond inspiration i think it is a great question i think it's for us it really is about um how can we be over prepared when we're developing a show or a movie because people there we watch this show or this movie their life are so complex and you want to be covering all the base for people to say like oh wow this is so authentic I went through that or wow I had no idea about this this show and this movie is bringing a completely different angle to me about immigration or healthcare or women's rights or the census or you know like but again but in a very something that serves the storytelling something that we learn uh, through the process of Islo side just like you don't want to do social product placement. You don't want to do the HIV episode, or you don't want to do. And you need to wear a condom. No, or you need to vote. No, it's about how can that. It's a symbiotic relationship between the access we have to the stories of the communities and the data, because it makes better storytelling. Because people people are getting so sophisticated in what they want to watch, and the experience they want to go through. And I think that our, the, you know, it really keeps us in our toes 
to be like, oh wow, we need to over deliver, we need to be over prepared because that character needs to be as complex as a real character that this audience knows or heard about or lives in their neighborhood or lives uh, works with them and all that. So, um, so yeah. So did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it does really require plugging in to a certain extent because um, it's stories that you know, the main population hasn't heard. And I always feel like if people know, if, if people can relate to each other, then there'd be less of all this madness happening. And, you know, we, we'd finally all get along. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's always like, that's why people yep. who travel are, are the, you know, the most enlightened people because they just understand the, the world around them. And so that's kind of what you're doing is bringing these stories to bear. Um, yeah, I, I love that you brought. I love that you brought it up, Laura, because I think that uh, we have a big responsibility as producers because we, you know, like storytelling is also a passport. I think that to your to your your point about traveling, it is about that. It's and it's beyond empathy. I think that it really is about like really normalizing things, right? It's just like, oh wow, I had no idea this is what a dreamer really is. I had no idea that. If I support the whole right-wing agenda around the census, my neighborhood will lose healthcare. We lose my kids. Will, not, will have worse schools, and we have so it's it's much simpler. It's something that we need to really address, and I think it's for many for many opportunities that we have in storytelling. It is a passport for people to travel to a, a different world through the stories, right? So. Yeah, that's that. Those are those are really good points too. It, and is it is it gotten any easier for you as a producer once once you've had some success, you know, knowing that you're dealing with the cutting cutting edge subjects and topics and you know something really popular right now, in some ways multicultural um, topics. Is it easier for you now? Do people take your call? You know what I mean? <laughs> are you popular now? Uh, <laughs> I think I think that's uh, again I think that yes and no I think that it's still you know like it's still hard but and I'm not complaining I think that it's like I said it's a privilege to be doing what we're doing and telling the stories that we're telling and working with the people that we're working I think that it's still hard I think that we're still we're still trying to figure out I think as a, as an industry we are a lot of talk and less walk on this all the themes that you just listed. I think that it's it takes you know it takes an educa- it's an educational process but also accountability and also do the stuff we need to start doing more stuff so we can compare apple to apples right but that's like, what let's yeah. compare apples to apples let's yeah. and for that you need scale right we can be doing one latino show per year we need to have we and we know through the data, we know there is demand for at least five shows to be like on air at the same time. But we have, I don't know, this year we just have one Latino show. Or just, oh no, we already have a Latino, or an African American show, and, and so on. All the all the hyphenated American like ethnicities and cultures we have in the country. So I think that it's too hard because I think we're still, we're still trying to figure out, and we have so many dogmas, right? Like, Brown shows don't travel. Black shows don't travel. Asian American shows don't travel, and it's just just like and for me it's like wow. Last time I checked, there's a lot of brown people all over the world. There's a lot of right. people that are <laughs> a lot of people. Well, um, a lot of, brown, a lot of people that would love to hear. Yeah, we have yeah, to take a lot of shows that like oh, there are a lot of people that would love to hear a story about a Latino. I know, you know, so, or yeah, no, because tons. it's the universe, it's about the storytelling. It's not about the color of your skin and people want to see what's different than them, right? The audience of this society is not only, only Latino, it's highly Caucasian and African-American and Asian American because people are just like, Oh wow, I've never seen a high school like this going through all these things. Oh, they happen to be Latino, but, or like, Oh, I went through this at prom. I had a friend who got pregnant or I had a friend who, got in a tough situation with a boyfriend uh, or I had a friend who became the editor of the high school newspaper. So it's a balance, but it's, it's, it is, and it's, it's easy and it's not. I think that we get in the room and we're, I think that we still have we're a lot of changes to, to happen, but we need to All do right. the work to do it. Hold that, hold that thought. Gonna we're going to, we're going to take a break. Um, and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the, the TV industry as a whole. So we'll be back in a moment on the tech cat show, finishing off on our creator series with the fabulous Marito Mota, 
um, a, a producer, but in my head, a showrunner, <laughs> working on great content in Hollywood. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it and profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. And we are back on the Tech Cat Show with the fabulous Maurizio Mota. And um, I just wanted to ask you because, you know, this just happened. So there's been so much success with Crazy Rich Asians, uh, you know, the feature film that has done so well that happens to feature Asians and a story about Asians. But it could have been about anybody, really. Black Panther, which got a lot of press because it was a African-American helmed movie. And then even before that, Wonder Woman which got a lot, lot of press because it was a successful movie helmed by a female director and a producing team. So uh, I'm curious, you know, do you think that's a trend that's going to keep going? Or are we ever going to get past labeling things like that? I mean, you were kind of talking about that before, but it seems so silly to identify, you know, hits by that, you know? I mean, it's 2018, for God's sakes. Yeah, I think that uh, I'm really, I'm really cautious with the word trend, because I think that we are, and again, you know that better than anyone, because you know you, the work you do in the intersection of all the, these layers, and everybody's so obsessed with trends and gimmicks and what's the next shiny object. I think that for the, all the examples you 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 shared, I think it's it's very simple. I like to say about that is just like, guys, read the census, and last time I checked like let a uh, uh, US Latino or African American or Asian American or female American dollar it's all green last time i checked i think that every all of these demographics their dollar is green and like and the the female conversation just like come on guys it's 51% of the country it's just like it's really like it's 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 that simple, but I think that we just need to do the work. We just need to move the budget from one thing to the other. It's just like yeah, let's do less of this and more of that. It's not about you're cutting more. You're you're not cutting Batman and Superman or Green Lantern. No, you're doing all these other female superheroes. And by the way, everybody watches them. My son like has more like. He likes a lot of female superheroes because they're sometimes cooler than the male guys, and they kick ass 
and they're amazing. So it really is about that. It's, the, it's very simple. I wish I had a much more sophisticated MIT media lab kind of answer for this. It's just like, it's super simple. It's like, let's see the census. Let's see how much all these people add to the GDP. Let's see. And their money is equal to everybody and they are hungry because nobody has done that for decades. Let's just give them what they build and they will come. So um, I was asking Maurizio, what about the um, the consolidation that's happening in Hollywood too with with Fox and Disney? Do you think that's going to make it easier or harder to launch these kind of projects? Um, I don't know. I think that it's uh, I think it's uh, it has it has the opportunity of bringing lots of innovation, right? A lots of impact. Um, I think that Bob Iger is a very smart, smart guy. I think that he he has been doing like more right things and wrong things for all the the, the acquisitions and mergers that he did for during his tenure. I think that it really will it will really talk about like now that they're going to have all that power, will they keep doing what they're doing? Because right, I think that Disney has been doing. Right, they they were the ones who brought you Shonda Rhimes. They're the ones who brought you Blackish. They're the ones who brought you Fresh Off the Boat. They're the ones who brought you Black Panther. And I think that it really is about. And Fox has a great history of doing the same. I think that both cultures have all the tools and have the right talent and the right access to IP, and they're going to have this insane distribution power and marketing power. And uh, I think that it, they have all the opportunities to do that. I think that it really is about uh, nowadays the, the impact is pretty fast if you're doing things wrong. And if they, if they do the wrong decisions on that layer of more multicultural content and all that, the, the, market, the market will go somewhere else. The, the, the eyeballs will go somewhere else and the, the ad dollars are going to go somewhere else. And... Uh, you know, I think that that's that's my. I'm not worried about. Oh, the consolidation is going to have an imp- a negative impact. For now, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt because I think that there are two amazing cultures, like on finding great content and great relationships with talent and all that. So let's see. It's a it's a lot of pressure on them to to not drop the ball. Yeah, I mean, I I uh, have some friends that just don't know what's going to happen to their jobs. Um, so it's it's just interesting. Will will you know? Will the industry be flooded by ten thousand unemployed people? Is it a good thing? Will they turn to oh, no, other technologies and things? I think that that that's always that's always that's a very hard thing. Definitely, I think that I was more answering the question of like creative and content and all that. I think it's. I have lots of friends on both sides, on both Fox and Disney, and I think that. It's uh, it's pretty hard, and at the same time, you have the Apples, Netflixes, and Amazons, and new players coming that need new people, that need people that know and have experience on doing good content and producing good content and being good strategists and being good marketing people and all that. I think that that's always the tough part when you're like consolidating and you're like doing the the famous synergy word, where you're just like, oh yeah, there's a lot of redundancy. But redundancy means people's lives and people's jobs and people's families, and um, it's always it's always really really tough. And it's something that that's the the hard part, right? That's the bad part of that. It's, the, ideally, it should be one plus one equals seven, and nobody just get fired. Yeah. But definitely, yeah. that's yeah. really really hard. And again, at the same time, like th- th- that also that means. Disney having to think like, wow, who, I'm going to give up on all this talent that will go somewhere else. Right. Because, you know, it's it's a lot of human capital that has been doing a lot of amazing work and one of the biggest media companies in, in the galaxy on both sides. Whoever gets the spoils, right, it's going to be a mix. It's a lot of intelligence that they're giving away. And that's that's something that you always need to balance between redundancies and like, wow, I'm going to lose executives that are going to go to the enemy or to the competition and just do 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 the things that I I was I, they were not allowed to do here. So who knows? But it's always tough. The whole the job thing is really 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 tough. Well, what about looking at you know some of these people? A lot of people say when that happens, then people go off and they do startups, and then the market becomes. Uh, 
flooded with interesting new businesses and companies and models. And then so everything sort of starts all over again. Are you, do you constantly look at new technology platforms? Are you looking at startups? I mean, is that part of your sort of exploration all the time to understand like how people will be accessing content in the future? Totally, totally. I, it's always about, again, keeping the radar sharp, but at the same time, I try to not be hostage to it. I think that it's very tempting to be hostage to it and just be getting to the rabbit hole and then forget about the real stuff around you. I think that I've worked with, uh, I, I think for me, audiobooks are a great example. For Right now, I work with audiobooks. I've been working with audiobooks for the last 20 years. For me, now audiobooks and podcasts are more exciting than VR. I think that oh, really? it's so simple. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's so simple. It's simple, it's accessible, it's mobile, you don't need a headset, and it's the revenue is amazing, and people have a long history of oral, oral storytelling. So, like, but no, let's talk about VR. Really? Like, so it, but again, I'm paying attention to VR, I'm paying attention to AR, I'm paying attention to holograms, but like, I still think that the story dictates where you go and the audience dictates. And I think that right now there are so many voids from like old media, other stuff that like so many stuff. And I think that that's the, I think that that's the, the finding the balance. I think that for all of us as producers and makers and thinkers, it's about, okay, let's always take everything with a grain of salt and uh and and follow right so okay this is happening or like okay will this expand the storytelling will this expand the audience uh experience will this expand the revenue or the ex- the, the presence of an ip great if it checks all the boxes great let's do vr if it doesn't check all the boxes let's do i don't know a vlog on youtube or an audiobook or you know it's our podcast or it really doesn't matter i think for us is that we come from a very a place of ag- being agnostic all the time, and right, uh, right, right. and so far has it has it has worked. I think that, but again, I'm paying attention to everything. Startups here, startups in Africa, startups in Brazil, and like what's happening, and like what's the latest trends. You know, like it's uh, and things evolve. I think that it's something that we always need to 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 pay attention to. Which is like it's a uh, it's. Uh, you know, like that thing that Peter Drucker likes to say, which is like, culture eats a strategy for lunch every day. Snapchat <laughs> is their truth. Snapchat is, Snapchat is becoming one of the biggest Ponzi schemes in media history. <laughs> it's right. Like, really? Right. Like, like. And Instagram, I think yeah, I, I love, I spent so much time on. Saying that the, the, the stock should be $5. Right, right, right. It was right. worth $35 billion, billion. So, okay, here we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, we're going to take one more one more break. Um, but I, I was saying to you, like, Instagram, I spend so much more time on Instagram now um, than I ever have before. Um, you know, and uh, our engineer was saying he loves Tumblr. So it's just funny what is occupying people's, oh, Tumblr you know. Tumblr is amazing. Tumblr is amazing. Yeah. It's, uh, all right, we're going to be back in one more moment and um, learn about upcoming coming projects from Maurizio where we can um, sort of stalk you in a healthy way. So we're going to be back on the Tech Cat Show in a minute talking to Maurizio Mota. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. 
Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we're back talking to Maurizio Mota. We're wrapping up our creator series where we've been talking to writers, producers, directors, showrunners um, who are creating really innovative work in Hollywood. And Maurizio is doing that and wondering what what are some of your next projects coming up? I know you're going to be expanding the IP around Islos High, as you said at the beginning of the show, but do you have anything else that you can share with us about what you're focused on? Yeah, we're very excited about a few things. We are developing an amazing uh, movie around um, Native American basketball players. We're very excited with that one for many, many reasons. Um, We are developing another show that we're going to be bringing to the market soon around sex trafficking. We are doing it with a top, top showrunner. And um, we also have a super cool program in Brazil called School of Series that we train 800 TV writers every year that we're going to be bringing the products to the U.S. market. And um, we have a new show. We're developing another show around astrology that was created by my partner and wife, Katie Mota, and a lot of other things. We're, we're, you know, we've been exploring the multicultural and female storytelling world is so rich that we are very, very um, excited about. And we're also developing a show with Wattpad that's super cool online storytelling platform created and uh, founded in Toronto. So that's a lot of cool stuff coming soon and uh yeah and thank you for having me laurie it's uh it's oh i, I, I love talking to, to you to be breaking bread with you. <laughs> well i love um i love uh talking to you because you're you give such a unique perspective um to the industry um with, with all of these different projects i mean is is the goal you know you have a production company wise entertainment so is the goal to have that pipeline filled all the time now you know and just get as many projects out as you can um, or have you, you know, set a goal of just a few key projects? I mean, how do you decide what to focus on? That's the, the that's like a one billion dollar question, right? I think it's uh, it's it's tough because it's all about like how can you find the balance. I think that for us, it's it's we have for us, yes, the idea is to have a, a very solid and robust slate because, as you know, things have different timings and also there are things that come that are just like wow we need to we need to pull this put this product ahead of the list because it's more timely and there's this opportunity here we just that happened to us like three weeks we're now in negotiation with this amazing docu-series that can also be a feature film but we're still figuring that out but around homelessness in LA and we're just like guys we need to pause these other three projects and, and go there. And I think that things happen. And one thing that also I forgot to mention, that we're very excited that Katie was the the executive producer and we were uh, involved in the whole transmedia thing. We did a super cool uh, docu-series with Reese Witherspoon on her new channel on DirecTV called Shine On with Reese around female empowerment. Oh, and yeah, I heard about that. Example. So you guys created a yeah, show for that? It's a, it was great. Yeah, we were, Katie was directly involved on the, production of the show but wise was involved in the whole transmedia expansion of that and uh, and it was great because i think that happened just like oh wow guys we're doing all these things no but then came this opportunity that hello sunshine brought to us and then we had to adapt so because we it's, it's all about that right about like the, the zeitgeist knocks at your door it's not you that you, you impose people what you should be doing so it's about reading what's happening and then adapting to that so 
that's that's how we strategize the things that we're doing. That, that's amazing. And what what have you seen from other people that has turned you on a lot? You know, some stuff that you saw and you thought, oh gosh, I wish I had done that. Oh, so many things. I, I have this. I have this positive jealous, jealousness for so many things. I think that. Um, I think Black Panther. It's a, a big example of something that I was just like, oh, I wish. I, 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 five years ago, we had this amazing intellectual property around African gods, and we were just like, and then suddenly Black Panther came, and you're like, Ugh. and but again, I know a lot of people involved in it, and I was very happy that it happened. And um, yeah, there's a lot of, and again, and shows that you're just like, wow, this show is brilliant. I should have, I, should, I wish I had done it, like Killing Eve. I think it's like reinvents the the spy. TV show genre, and uh, I think it's uh, it's the kind of thing that ex- excites me. And at the same time, you have like games that I'm just like, wow! I'll never do a probably I'll never do a video game in my life. But I'm just like, wow! If I, if I was working with storytelling, I'd love to work to do like the, you know Batman Arkham Knight. I think it's just like this, the way they play with storytelling is great. And, uh, but yeah, I, I, I need two more hours with all the things that make me jealous and make me envy. And, um, <laughs> but, but those are just some examples. I think that it's, uh, but again, it raises the bar and keeps us hungry and keeps us like, okay, wow, how can we really, 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 um, move, like raise our own bars. Right. So, so yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's inspiration to you. So, so are you one of those, uh, producers that do you cut up your day into, okay, I'm going to look at new stuff. <coughs> I'm going to play with this new platform. I'm going to do this meeting. I'm going to read, or does it all just kind of happen? Because successful people tend to, um, you know, have two modes of working. One is the splatter mode, which is definitely mine. <laughs> <laughs> and others are really, really, you know, organized during their day. Their day is very specific. Um, it, it changes on the day, right? I think that um, I think that it really changes on the circumstances and the time and the wind. Of like a, a meeting gets canceled, okay, okay great. Now I'm going to do my reading. Now, I think it's a combination between splatter and over disciplined. I think it really depends on. And what the schedule allows me uh, allows me to do, and I think that I've been trying to also change the diet, my relationship with my phone. I think that we're getting too addicted to our phones. So right, I mean, right. doing doing an, doing an exercise of re- participating in certain things just on my desktop, and other things just on my iPad, and then use my phone more for because it's really you can go there and just go deep and, and never get back. And uh, and then you lose time. It's like, oh my goodness, I just gave two. T-. That's why I left Facebook three years ago. I left Twitter five months ago, and I've been more productive. I've been reading more. I've been sleeping more, and I've been I've been more creative because I'm just like, oh, I just lost three hours on Facebook. Because right, that does this. that does happen. It really does happen, and it can cause anxiety. It certainly, there are certainly a lot of studies about that with kids. Um, and social yeah, and media. For us as producers, we need to be. Uh, but uh, but I'm not saying that in a very like, oh my goodness, the end of the world. But like, I think that as producers, we need to be also. Our we only have our brains, right? So we need to be very careful with that. So, for example, we have this. Um, we have an amazing Instagram account, which is like Wise Entertainment altogether. And uh, but it's like we use it for very specific things, and I go there, and but then. It's really about creating a community of very curated content of people that we really we don't want to have one million followers, you know. We want to have like you. We want to have Sarah Harden, who's the CEO of Hello Sunshine. We want to have Charles King, and so it's really about the like how can we even the content that we are building our brand. We're not pitching or selling a show through Instagram, but like how can we do that in a way that it's a healthy relationship between the people and the content we present there. So. Right, 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 uh, right. So you're not concerned about um, well, when you pitch a network, are they asking you to come up with and to tell you what the social media following is? I mean, is that a, a concern of yours now? Again? When you go, to, you know, to to include social media and th- that kind of digital content as part of your pitches? Yeah, but I think that I think that. Uh, but I think it's really hard, Laurie. I think that we, 
again, it gets back to the shiny object and to the gimmick and all that. It's just like, show me a movie that you put 10 actors with 15 million followers each and show me the direct, show me that all those followers went to watch the movie or watch the show. Right. I think that we're not we're not paying for all that, right? We 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 had to have our elections compromised to. Oh, maybe there is an inflation of things on Facebook and maybe on, and on Twitter and like. So we instead of seeing everything with a grain of salt, as anything in life, right? If you're gonna buy one hundred oranges at a supermarket, you're gonna check all of them, right? You know, oh, maybe this one is rotten. But then we just like technology just created this whole. Th- Things are just like now. Let's. It's fascinating. Five million viewers and five million, and but no. And then so I, I think it's very tricky. We are very. We focus on doing content that will make people talk about things, share things, and make a, the conversation part of culture. I'm gonna be like, oh my goodness, like make a viral video with this influencer. Just like it, it may not work. It has to serve right, the purpose right. of the show and it has to speak the culture. And all that. I think that we are falling. We still are in that trap of like, oh no, this actor is great, but he only has fifteen thousand followers. Yeah, but this actor is thirty-five times bigger than the other actor, right? J.D. Pardo is a great example. He was a guy that came to Sosai. And oh, Maurizio, we, like have to, we have to. We have to. I have to cut you off again. I'm so sorry because I always yeah, introduce no a great topic. No problem. But um, but wrapping up with Maurizio Mota, Wise Entertainment. The uh, producer and the and the brain and the passion and the heart um, behind Los East High and many other projects to come. So we'll be uh, keeping in touch and tracking all the great things that you're doing and opening up the door to hear from different voices um, in our world. So thank you so much for, for joining us on the Tech Cat Show. Thank you for having me. Bye, everybody. Talk to you all next week with hopefully another fabulous creator like Maurizio. <laughs> we always hope. The next week brings another one, right? Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 